Hey everybody, welcome to The Conscious Love Show. Whether you are single, you are in a relationship, or you're healing a broken heart, this show is here to inspire you, to remind you how beautiful, lovable, and amazing you truly are, and to give you the practical tools and insights to navigate from wherever you are right now to the loving relationship that you so deeply want to have. My name is Shane Kohler. I'm a certified transformational coach and trainer with over a decade experience helping people release their trauma and open their hearts to love. I've delivered seminars all over the world, coached thousands of people through my online platforms and programs, and every week I'm coming straight to you with the hottest insights and the best teachers around, bringing you powerful resources and profound conversations to heal your relationship with love, dating, and yourself. I'm so grateful you're here, and if it's your first time, welcome. You can count on me to always show up for you with my very best and a commitment to learn and grow myself so I can serve you to my maximum ability. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I've got some awesome things planned for you today. So without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, hello everyone. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Conscious Love Show podcast. Shane Kohler here with you today pleasure to be back. And um, in today's episode, we're going to talk about pacing a relationship, right? Like from the time you first meet someone, you want to have a, you want to maintain a certain pace of, of how quickly things develop, of how quickly you move into bigger stages of commitment, of how quickly you open yourself up to someone, of how deeply you let someone into your life. And it's, it is like one of probably one of the most important things. And it's something that I find like not a lot of people really talk about, right? Like we, I, I think what it is, is we're so, many of us are so like in a hurry to just find someone and get on with it already that when we find someone and we think it's going to work or when we really like someone, like we don't want to slow down, right? We don't, we don't want to pace it. We just want to go all in. But I want to, I want to just encourage everyone right now to, to remember this is like, you only get one chance to make a first impression on someone, right? You only get one opportunity to make a first impression on someone and first impressions stick. Like, you know, this, like, I mean, think of, think about somebody who made a bad first impression on you and you may have since come to know them better, come to understand them, come to get a feel for who they are. But even still, like you still remember that first impression, right? Like it is still sticks with you. We only get one chance to make a first impression with someone and how we show up to the relationship in those beginning stages is really communicating to that person who we are. Right. Like those those first few, like even when you're texting or on your first few dates or even in the first couple of months as you're getting to know each other, like everything you say and everything you do and every interaction that you have with that person is literally a communication about who you are. And you know this, like 99 percent of communication is nonverbal, right? Like most of what we communicate is not with the words we speak but it's with the actions we take or don't take. It's the things we allow or the things we don't allow. It's the boundaries we create. It's the, it's the things we say no to, the things we say yes to, right? Like that is what communicates to this person who we are. 
It's also what communicates to this person how we expect them to treat us, right? Like from the moment you start getting to know someone, very similar to, I said, you're telling them who you are, you're also telling them how you wanna be treated, right? You're telling them what is acceptable for you, what is not acceptable for you, what you will allow, what you will not allow, right? So everything you do in the early stages of getting to know someone is communicating them, uh, communicating to them who you are, what to expect from the relationship, what to expect from you, what you'll accept, what you won't accept, what how you want to be treated, right? Like all of this. And so it's it's really important to have a general understanding of like when I'm getting to know someone, what are the things I need to do and the things I need to say and the ways I need to carry myself in which I present myself as a high value partner? And I, I first want to say that like nothing I'm going to talk about today is inauthentic. I'm not talking about in any way to pretend to be something other than what you are. Like I'm not saying go pretend to be high value to get someone to like you and then later on reveal that you're actually low value. Like that, that's not what I'm saying, right? Because I believe all of us are high value in our truth, right? In, in, the, in the core of who we are, we are all very, very high value people. And we become afraid. We, and all different forms of fear, fears of abandonment, fears of rejection, fears of being left alone, fears of never meeting anybody, fears of being, you know, uh, uh, I probably already said it, right? Abandoned, rejected, etc. But like, we all have these fears and these fears cause us to lower the value with which we present. And so what I want to talk about today is really in the early stages of a relationship, how you show up as someone of high value. And then if you struggle to do that, right, if you, if what I'm talking about today is something that you struggle with, then what you've got to recognize is that the reason you struggle with this is because you have a lot of fear. And again, I just mentioned it, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of being left alone, fear of never finding someone, fear of not being enough, fear of never being loved, right? Like these are the different kinds of fears we have. And these fears will cause us to lower our value in relationship with other people. So I say all of this to say that how you pace a relationship in the early stages is going to communicate how high value you are. And let me put it this way. There are there are three ways that you can show up to a relationship, right? There, there are like three real ways that you can show up to a relationship. And, and it really goes like this. Number one, you can show up and be like, I'm just going to give you everything I have and hope that you love me, right? I'm just going to give it all. Just take whatever you want. And I'm just going to hope that what me giving you all I have is enough for you to love me, right? Like that's number one. Number two is I'm going to withhold, I'm not going to give you, like, I'm going to breadcrumb you. I'm going to string you along. I'm not going to give you very much. I'm not going to, like, try very hard. I'm going to give you just enough to keep you around, just enough to string you along, but, like, never let you get used to expecting very much from me, right? So that, that's, like, the opposite extreme. And then there's this beautiful place to land in the middle. And, like, so much of how I understand life is, like, there are the extremes and then there are the balance points. And 
any time in life that you're operating on the extremes, like you can, you could say like you're probably off track, right? Like you're probably headed for trouble any time in life when you find yourself operating on the extremes. But if you can find the balance point in any situation and you can operate from the balance point, that's going to, it's going to empower you in the situation. It's going to give you clarity. It's going to give you strength. It's going to, like, it is literally going to give you power over whatever situation you have in life when you operate at that balance point. So there's, I'm going to give you everything, take everything you want. I hope it's enough for you to love me. Then there's, I'm going to withhold everything. I'm going to breadcrumb you. I'm going to string you along, but I'm not going to let you expect very much from me. And then there's this beautiful place to land in the middle where I am going to be open-hearted and available. I am going to let you know how much love is available here. I am going to let you see and feel and experience how good a relationship between us could be. I'm going to let you see how amazing I am and how lucky you would be to have me in your life. I'm going to let you see all of that. I'm going to let you have a taste of it. And I'm going to require that you earn that every step of the way. Now, this is how a high-value person shows up to a relationship, right? So, and, and I want to say, I said this earlier, I'm going to say it again. I believe that we are all high-value in our truth. And some of us operate as high-value, and some of us let our fear lower our value. But someone who is operating as a high-value person is going to show up to a relationship and they're going to say, I'm going to let you see all of me. I'm going to let you see how amazing I am. I'm going to let you see what a beautiful gift it would be to have me in your life. I'm going to let you experience that. I'm going to let you taste it. I'm going to let you feel it. And I'm going to require that you earn it every step of the way. So of the three approaches I just mentioned, one, I give you everything, take what you want. Hopefully it's enough to love me. Two, I'm going to withhold everything, breadcrumb you, string you along. And three, I'm going to make it all available, but I'm going to require you to earn it. Of those three approaches, only the third one, only the last one, is actually a high-value approach. The other two approaches are low-value approaches, right? Because, like, think about this. Like, you're communicating who you are to the person. Now, what is the message when you show up to a relationship and you're like, I'm just going to give you everything... Take what you want, and I hope it's enough to love me. Like, what are you telling that person about who you are when you show up that way? You're telling that person, like, I don't feel like I have a lot of value. Because it's like, like, look at how we treat value in our culture. We have a value system in our culture. It's, it's also a financial system, right? And all cultures in the world have some version of this. And things of higher value cost more money. Things of lower value cost less money, right? You go to the 99 cent store. The 99 cent store is full of things of very low value. Cost 99 cents or less, everything in the store, right? Then you go to, I don't know, Bloomingdale's or whatever, right? a, more, a more expensive store, Nordstrom, something like that, right? Things cost more. Why? Because those things are considered to be things of higher value. Well, the same thing is true in relationship, right? Like if I, if I understand that I am someone of high value, if I understand that I have incredible value, then I'm not just going to give it away for free, right? Like, I'm not just going to give it away like, here, just take what you want. 
No, I'm gonna I'm gonna treat it like like it's a Lamborghini. I'm gonna treat like no, like you gotta you gotta pay the price for it. And none of this is intended to sound negative in any way. Like to be a high value person and to have someone show up for you and earn that value, right? To, to have someone recognize like what a high value person you are and say, I see the value that you have and I want to show up for you and make the effort in this relationship so I get the pleasure and the privilege of having you in my life. Like that's the most beautiful thing in the world. There is nothing negative or wrong in any way for requiring someone to pay what it's worth. And I'm not talking about money here, right? I'm not saying this, that they should financially pay what it's worth. I'm saying with their energy, with their attention, with their dedication, with their investment, they should show up for you, putting in equal energy into the relationship that they're going to get out of it. That is what a high value person requires. Now, I saw a comment earlier. I just want to address this. Uh, Sandra Silva says, it's hard for a people pleaser to be the high value person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I want to make it really clear right now that as I'm laying this out, I also understand that like we struggle with this, right? I wouldn't be talking about this if I didn't know that we struggle with this, right? The only reason I'm talking about it is because I know that we struggle with this. That, that's why I'm here today is because I'm, I'm helping us get from where we are right now to where we need to be. But just because it's hard for the people pleaser to be the high value person doesn't mean that it's impossible. But the people pleaser has trauma that has caused them to be a people pleaser in the first place. Like there's not a single people pleaser in the world that doesn't have trauma, right? Like that, that is a trauma response. And honestly, most of us are people pleasers. Most of us also have trauma, right? So like, but being a people pleaser is a trauma response. And there's a certain habit that that person has lived into in their life. There are certain benefits they've gotten from being that people pleaser. They got attention. They got connection. They got pity. They got sympathy. They got love. They got like, they got different things for that, right? So that is a, I understand it's challenging, but it's not impossible. And what I want to say for everyone right now is like, I get it. You might have people pleasing tendencies. You might have avoidant tendencies. You might have anxious tendencies. You might have trauma from your past, some kind of abuse you went through. Like, I get it. We have all been through so much in our lives. But the, the simple fact remains that if you want to have a high quality relationship, if you want to have a deeply loving, committed, like the dream, if you want the dream, you've got to become the person who can hold the dream. Otherwise, you'll never have it. And if you have people-pleasing tendencies, awesome. Like, just acknowledge that. Notice, like, okay, that's my stuff. That's my journey. That's my lesson. That's what I need to work through right now. That's where, that's where my learning is. That's where my growth is. But it doesn't change the fact that if I want to have that high-quality relationship, I need to learn how to be the person who can hold that high-quality relationship, which means I need to create a new relationship with my people-pleasing tendencies, Right? And so that's what we're going to talk about. So to show up as a high value person means that there is a certain pace to the relationship because it is very simple. Like if I see myself as high value, I will not let you take what you want from me without you first earning it. It is that simple. So high value, 
equals pacing the relationship, right? They, they are one and the same. Now, what does pacing the relationship create? Right? Like you want to, like you've got to think about psychologically. What does it create in someone when you're dating them, you're building a connection with them, you're building the interaction, you're building the rapport. And this person wants to move forward with you. They want to move forward sexually. They want to move forward romantically. They want more of your time. They want more of your attention. They want to go to your house, right? Like whatever, right? Like they want to move forward with you. Like they, they want this. And then you hit the brakes. You say, no, not yet. We're not ready for that yet, right? So you're pacing the relationship. Now, what does it create in someone when you do that? It's like, I might not have wanted it. Like, I might not have even thought of a cookie, right? Like, I might not even be thinking about a cookie. But then you put a cookie right in front of me and you say, you can't have that cookie. Now, what do I want? I want that cookie, right? <laughs> so it's like, psychologically speaking, wanting something and not being able to have it yet builds up excitement around that thing. It makes me want that thing more. In my mind, maybe I already thought that thing was valuable. That thing becomes more and more and more and more valuable. The longer I have to wait for it, the more work I'm required to put in to earn it. Right? Like this is, again, I, I started out by saying, and I'm going to keep coming back to this today, is everything you do teaches people who you are. Everything you say, every boundary you create, everything you allow, everything you don't allow, it teaches people who you are. When someone wants to move forward with you and you say, nope, you haven't earned that yet. I'm not ready for that yet. It's not time for us to go there yet. You are teaching them that you are high value. You are creating an experiential situation where in their consciousness, they already wanted you and now they want you more than they did before. And this is like, I think this is what's so powerful. Like this literally, like what I'm talking about right now has the power to, to ha have someone go from seeing you as an object to have someone going to seeing you as, a, as someone they want to marry. And like, this is, this is the crazy thing. It's who you are hasn't changed, right? Like you were the same person, whether you allowed them to have their way or not, like you are the same person, but their perception of you is different based on the boundaries you create. Because you see, we intuitively understand that having boundaries is high value behavior. We intuitively understand that. Like you, you've got to understand like we've been, we have been digesting life through our eyes and ears and our five senses since the day we were born. We understand way more than we even consciously realize. There is a fundamental understanding about human beings on our planet that when someone has boundaries, they also have self-respect. That is not something you have to explain to people. That is not something you have to convince people of. It is just something that when people see it, 
they get it. If you want somebody to respect you, create boundaries with them. If you want somebody to not respect you, don't create boundaries with them. You know, I'm, I'm going to share this. We're, we're going through some family drama right now, and I don't want to get into all the details of it because we're still figuring out a lot of it. But part of the reason I'm sharing this today is because of what I've, what I've seen my mom go through. And my mom is now in her fifth marriage. It's just now coming to light that this one is highly toxic, just like the previous ones have been. And I have watched my mom have these men come into her life, push, them, push her into marriage, push her into moving into their house, her house, taking over her life, and, and just like basically having their way with her. And I have watched my mom suffer with men over and over and over and over again because she never figured out how to just create some boundaries. And like, we're, we're literally going through this. With my, I was on the phone with my sister last night. Like, we, we got, it's time to talk to mom again. <laughs> like, if you don't create boundaries, if you don't pace out a relationship, you are asking for mistreatment. You are asking for abuse. You are asking for disrespect. Because what you're telling people is that I don't have enough respect for myself to protect myself from someone I just met. So to present yourself as high value, you have to pace the relationship, right? You have to slow things down a bit. You have to earn, or excuse me, you have to require that somebody is going to earn whatever they get from you rather than giving it away without anybody earning it. And so let's talk about practically how this looks because I want to really boil this down to how this looks in real life, real situations with real people. So when we talk about pacing a relationship, what we are really talking about is slowing down the rate at which you move into higher levels of commitment with the person. Now, there are a, a couple of the major ones would be like exclusivity, sleeping together, um, being boyfriend, girlfriend. And then ultimately beyond that, it would be like getting engaged, moving in together, which I think in, in my view of how things should be, like that's a little bit down the road, right? Um, so if we're talking about some of these basic commitments, like let's talk about becoming exclusive, sleeping together, becoming boyfriend and girlfriend, right? I see so many people, and, and I see this especially with women, not that it doesn't happen with men too, but it is especially prevalent among women, is that you end up wanting a commitment from someone so badly. Like when you like someone, and I understand it might not be applied to everybody on the face of the earth, but when you like someone, when you are attracted to someone, you want so badly for that person to commit to you 
that the game becomes about how do I get them to commit versus is this the person I want to be with? Now, the first approach is low-value behavior. The second approach is high-value behavior, right? This approach of how do I get this person to commit to me? It's like you've really got to really mentalize yourself that you don't want commitment from anyone until they have proven to you that they are someone you want commitment with. Like, I, I think like this thing, this idea that if I can get someone to commit to me, like that's the ultimate reward is just one of the most asinine ideas out there. And look, I, I, I get it. I get where it comes from. Like this is, this is all a result of our wounding, right? This is all a result of our wounding. We've had rejection and abandonment wounds and we have trauma and I mean, all the stuff that we've been through. And then all we, like, when it comes down to it, and, and look, like, I've been there, like, like I have literally, I'm just going to say this so everyone knows where I'm coming from, like, I have literally been on my hands and knees, bawling my eyes out, asking a girl not to leave me, okay? So, like, I have been about as desperate and pathetic as somebody can be. So, as I'm talking about all this low-value behavior, I'm talking about it as someone who has lived it and gotten to the other side of it, okay? So, I can talk about this, and I'm not judging you because I've been there. Okay, but this idea of like, if someone commits to me, that is like the ultimate reward before I even have an idea of who that person is or if there's someone I really want to be with long-term. Like if you're doing that, like wake up. And, and I say that with so much love, but please wake up. Because one, it's low value behavior. And if you show up that way time and time again, all you're doing is telling people to disrespect and mistreat you. Like that is all you're doing is you're just telling people, I have no self-respect, just disrespect me. But then the other part of it is, is like, even if the disrespect element of it wasn't gonna happen, you're still not on track for like a, a long-term healthy relationship because you've got to, like, again, you've got to recognize that, like, I am not here to get this person to commit to me. But I am here to find out if this is someone that I want commitment with. And just because you like someone, just because you're attracted to them, just because they give you butterflies and they make you feel all those things that make you go, ooh, and it feels so good, I get it. Like, I, I mean, I get it. Believe me, I get it. But that, that experience does not equal that I want to be with the person. That experience of, oh, I'm really attracted to them, they give me butterflies, they make me excited, I really want to see, like, that does not equal I want to be with the person. That equals, I want to get to know the person. I want to learn more about them. I want to find out who they are. But it doesn't mean I want to be with them. I need a lot more than that to find out if I want to be with them. And so what you've got to do, and I want to just speak into this quickly, because if you're, if you're living in that, like I said earlier, you've got to wake up. And here's how you wake up. You wake up by recognizing that that 
I like them, I'm attracted to them, they get me excited, I want to be with them, is actually a trauma response, right? It is actually unhealed wounding from the past being projected onto this person. And in your mind, psychologically, you say, if, if I can get them to commit to me, it will heal all my wounding from the past. This is the psychological game that we're playing when we do that, right? I feel unworthy, unlovable, unwanted based on my past. But if this person will love me and acknowledge me and want me, then I'll feel worthy and lovable and I'll never have to deal with any of this again. Subconsciously, that's the dynamic that is being played out there. And so all you've got to do is recognize, okay, that's the dynamic. Let me recognize it's false. Let me recognize it's not true. It's not something I want to put a lot of stock in, right? Let me observe this experience happening inside myself. Let me learn how to regulate the experience, right? Let me learn how to regulate the experience. Find some peace and some ease around it. And then let me move forward from there. Grounded, secure, and clear about the kind of relationship I want to create, right? And this is something you're going to need to practice if, if that happens for you. So if you can mentalize yourself that you show up to a relationship, it doesn't matter how much you like the person. Sometimes you might like them more. Sometimes you might like them less. But actually, like... When you're operating from a high value place, you don't really put a lot of stock in how much you like them on the front end. Because you you kind of realize that that is usually based off of a bunch of stuff from your past and it doesn't really mean a lot. And once you actually get to know the person, that initial experience is going to change. You're either going to like them more or less but it's not going to be what it was when you first met them, right? So like you actually, you don't take that first experience too seriously. You're just kind of like, okay, like I, I really like them or I just kind of feel okay about them, but let me just get to know them and let me see what develops and let me see how I feel about them after I get a sense of knowing them, right? So you start going into a relationship from this place, just from, from a clear place of like, look, this person is not going to get into my mind, my heart, or my bed until I feel really comfortable and confident about who they are, right? It's just really simple. Like, like I'm going to, I am, I am going into every single romantic experience with a clarity that this person is not getting inside my mind, my heart, or my bed until I feel really good about who they are and really good about like what's possible for us. Right, so that's, that's the first step is just having that boundary, mentalizing yourself in that way. Like that, that is just, a, that is just a, a simple commitment that you make out of self-respect, out of self-protection. And, and I, I want to make a caveat here because like I want to be clear. Like I don't have, like I really don't have any judgment. Like if you want to go sleep around, like do it. Like I really don't care. I don't have any judgment. Like what I am talking about right now is not a judgmental conversation about how we shouldn't be sexually free or anything like that. What I'm talking about here are the practical steps to building a long-term committed relationship. 
Now, if you're in a place where you say you don't want a long-term committed relationship, maybe you're just getting out of a breakup, maybe you've been in, maybe like whatever, maybe you're young and you just want to explore and have some fun. Maybe you've been in a relationship for several years and you just want to like burn off some steam, like go for it. Like seriously, like I don't have any judgment about that. I'm not going to say you shouldn't do that, but don't do that expecting it to become more. If you're going to do that, do it and do it for what it is. But if you're out there doing that, if you're out there just freely kind of playing around and sleeping around and doing stuff, and then you're getting hurt that these interactions are not developing into more, well, you've got to recognize you're not approaching it in a way where you're creating the maximum likelihood that it would develop into more. You are treating it very casual, and therefore it is becoming, it is manifesting as very casual. If you want it to not be casual, you've got to stop treating it so casually, and then it will become more real. So again, this isn't a judgment conversation. This isn't about like what you should or shouldn't do or about what is right or wrong. I'm just simply talking about if you are in a place where you are ready to create a long-term committed relationship, there is a way to start your relationships that is going to create the maximum likelihood that you end up there. And the way to do that is by starting the relationship with boundaries and requiring someone to earn things with you. So when you enter into a new relationship with someone, a couple of things should be made very clear. Like the first thing that I think should be very clear is like what your intention is. And I, I've said this probably in a million different episodes. I mean, you're probably, if you listen to the podcast regularly, I've, I've probably said this so many times you're sick of hearing it by now. But I think it's just so important that I always say it because you need to make it very clear in the very beginning. I mean, this could be your first conversation, your first date, your first phone call. Like you need to make it very clear in the very beginning that, hey, I just need to be honest with you about something. Like, I'm not just fooling around. I am ready for a long-term committed relationship, and I'm looking for someone who can create that with me, right? And I just need to be honest with you about that right up front so you don't get the wrong idea, so you don't think this is something that it's not, okay? That is high-value behavior. Now, again, everything you say, everything you do, every bound, like, all of it is communicating to the person who you are. I keep coming back to that, right? Everything you do, everything you say, you are communicating to this person who you are. Now, on a first conversation, first date, first phone call, when you say to the person, I need you to know this about me. This is what I'm looking for. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I don't want you to think this is something this is not. What are you communicating to that person? You're communicating to that person, I know who I am. I know what I want. I know I deserve to have what I want. I know I'm going to get what I want. I, I am comfortable enough with myself to make it clear to you and to, and to create the understanding in this relationship that if we are going to move forward, that it is going to be on this basis, not some other basis. That is extremely high value behavior. It is communicating worthiness. It is communicating power. It is communicating clarity. It is communicating an unwillingness to be taken advantage of or to be fucked around with. 
right? It's like, I know who I am. I know what I want. I know what I expect. I know what I'm looking for. I know what I want from you. And if you're not going to give me that, it's okay. I'm not like, I'm not going to pressure you into that, but I am just going to say that this relationship is not for me. And why am I going to say this relationship is not for me? Because I know what I want. I know what I'm looking for. I know what I expect. I know how I want to be treated. And if I'm not getting that from you, I'm going to walk away, which is also high value behavior. You see, pacing the relationship, it's not about withholding it. It's about requiring someone to earn it from you every step of the way. You don't get anything from me that I don't feel you deserve based on how you've shown up for me in our interaction together. And that's how I choose when I want to be exclusive with you. That's how I choose when I want to go to bed with you. That's how I choose when I want to be your boyfriend or girlfriend. Like, that's how I choose. So now, most most women... And men feel differently about this. And I actually, I want to talk a little bit about the differences of how men and women feel about this because I, I think it's something that we need to talk about. But, but most women will say that they would prefer to be exclusive before sleeping with someone. That tends to be what, I mean, I've coached lots and lots of women over the years. That tends to be across the board. Of course, there are some women who say differently, but across the board, most women say that. Most women say I would prefer to be exclusive with the person before I sleep with them. Now, if I think that's a good boundary, personally, like I think that's a good boundary is like, because exclusivity is an interesting phase. Exclusivity is a, is a phase where you're not really in a committed relationship yet but you're also not single anymore. So what, what I understand exclusivity to be and, and the way I coach my clients to communicate about this with people they're dating is exclusivity is me saying in the interactions we've had together up until now, I see enough of a potential here that I want to take other options off the table and see what could happen if we really give this a real chance. Like that's what exclusivity is, right? It's not, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. It's not like, right. It's just, it's, I, I see enough value in what we have together that I want to remove other options from the table and see what could happen if we give this an honest chance. And I usually say from, from the time couples decide to be exclusive, like give it about a year. Like, like try to, from that point, try to stick with it for a year. I mean, unless just some crazy toxic shit, so shit, shit shows up, right? If something like crazy toxic shows up, that's a different story. But, you know, if you have a, a regular relationship, like try to stick it out for a year, work through some hard times together, learn the different things about each other. And, and after a year, see if, if this is something you really want to make a long-term commitment about, right? Like that's, that's generally how I coach it. Right. If you like someone enough to be exclusive with them, then try it out for a year. Spend some real time together. Go through some experiences together and, and, and see after a year if this is something you want to commit to long term. Right. So and, and like even in that, like I'm talking about a year in before you're even really looking at long term commitment. Like 
Why? Because, because I deserve that, because, I, because I'm a high-value person, right? So I'm not just going to promise my whole life to you when I barely know you, because my life is more important than that, right? So no, like if, if I'm dating you and I like you and I, I see real potential here, I'm going to give you some time to show me what we could have. And after I've given you a reasonable amount of time, I'm going to make a decision about it. So going back to what I was saying, I think exclusivity is a great, an excellent benchmark to determine when you're ready to sleep together. And I, I think that there's a big caveat there because the way I, the way I see a lot of women approaching this is that it's like, okay, let me just get the exclusivity as soon as I can, and then we can sleep together. And that that's not what I'm talking about, right? What I'm talking about is you actually really do the work to figure out if this was someone you want to be exclusive with. And then when you're clear, I see real potential with this person. I see the real possibility of a future with this person. I really would honestly like to explore this relationship. And you both choose that together then I think it's a perfectly appropriate time to sleep together. I think sleeping together before that is dangerous. And so, so I see a comment right now. It says, most men expect sex immediately. How to navigate that if they don't want to wait? Yeah, well, you're right about that. And, and so I actually want to talk about this because men and women in my experience, see sex very differently, very differently. And it's, it's one of the biggest problems is because I, I don't think women understand how men see sex and I don't think men understand how women see sex. And so I think most of the problems that, that happen sexually between men and women is from men thinking women see it the way they do and women thinking that men see it the way they do. So let's talk about this. Most men don't want to wait. You're right about that. Most men don't. And there's a reason for that is because, and, and for all the ladies listening to this right now, I, I really, I really want you to hear what I'm saying. And, and I want you to like, try to, try to really let this in because it is, in my experience, it is so different from how you think about sex. Men are taught to see sex as entertainment. No different from watching a movie or going out to the bar or any other form of entertainment. Like men are taught to see sex as entertainment. And now look, I, I grew up with a father who like, I'm pretty sure he's a narcissist, uh, like super toxic masculinity. Like I got probably the worst impressions that a young boy could get from my dad around women and sex and things like that. I think there are guys out there that got much better impressions than I did. So I don't, I don't think 100% of the men got the same impressions I do, but I know there's a strong culture of that that, that I got, and, and I know a lot of men are getting that. I think some men are getting a lesser version of it, but, but I just want to make it clear for all the women who are going to hear this. It is prevalent. It is prevalent that men see sex as entertainment. When you have sex with a man, 
outside of a committed relationship. You can pretty much assume that it doesn't really mean anything to him. Like, I, I really, I, it is so important that you understand that. And like, I say this with a lot of love and like, I, like, I want you to understand this because I want you to be able to protect yourself in these situations. Now, when I say that it doesn't mean anything to him, it doesn't mean that he doesn't like you. It doesn't mean that he doesn't respect you. It doesn't mean that he wouldn't even want a relationship with you. But it just means that the actual fact that you slept together does not automatically translate any deeper meaning about your relationship, right? Like for him, it's no different than if you had gone out and had a drink together. You just had some fun together, right? You went out for a drink, you had sex. You went, like In his mind, in his experience of it, all you did was have some fun together. It doesn't automatically imply deeper meaning about the relationship. Now, I think it is so important that women understand this because if you're dating a man, it's, it's okay that he feels that way. Like he, look, this is programming that's decades old. It's not going to be undone if he's in his forties or like, like, I mean, it's not going to be undone at this stage in his life, right? It's okay that he feels that way about it. He doesn't need to feel differently about it. But what you need to do is make it clear what it means to you and call forth his respect around that, right? So I want to go back to the comment that said, most men expect sex immediately. Yes, they do. And when you communicate to a man, when I sleep with someone, that's a very vulnerable act for me. You know, when I sleep with someone, it's not just something I do to have a good time. It's not just something I do for entertainment. It's not just something I do to blow off some steam. But when I do that, I do it because it has a deeper meaning about the relationship I share with that person, right? When, when I choose to open myself up to someone on that level, that's a very meaningful experience for me. It's not something I take lightly. It's not something I do with just anyone. And if I choose to go there with you, it's not going to be just because we're having a good time or because I'm attracted to you. It's going to be because this relationship is deeply meaningful to me. And I am choosing to go there with you as an expression of the deeply meaningful relationship that we're creating. Right? So you've got to communicate about it like that. He may not see it the same way. And again, that's okay. But he will either go, I totally get that. I respect that. I want to honor that. I want to protect that. Right? Like, I, I, like he will, like a good man will actually, even if it doesn't mean that to him, he will want to protect that for you. Because he is never going to want you to feel violated or taken advantage of in any way. Like this was the kind of conversation my wife had with me. And I'll say like, when I was a single guy, and, and honestly, I want to say this too, because I, I think it's just, an important point to make is that like today, if I were to end up single again, for whatever reason, like the, the first second date sex, like the random hookups, like that would not be my thing anymore. And, and the reason is, is because after experiencing the quality of intimacy that I have with my wife, and then going from that to some kind of like hookup with a rando is just like, 
it like I would, it would be like soul, it would be a soul crushing experience for me. I just wouldn't want to go through that. I would just feel like so empty. But when I was single, I didn't have this relationship with my wife to compare it to. So when I was single, yeah, I usually hooked up on the first or second date, right? As, as soon as the woman was willing to allow it. And I wasn't a, I wasn't an asshole. I wasn't a disrespectful guy, but I was a guy and I had the upbringing I had and I had my beliefs and views around it. And so I didn't have a deeper experience of what sex was or what it meant. I, I didn't have the relationship I have with my wife yet. And so, yeah, if, if the woman was willing to allow it, I was ready to go there. I wouldn't be that way now, but that's how I was then. But my wife communicated to me in this way. And I'll actually say it was, it was so, it was so impactful when she communicated to me like that because I had never in my life had a woman do that before. Never. Like, I mean, honestly, actually, all of my relationships, we slept together very quickly. There was no conversation about it. And, and it wasn't that I disrespected them. I mean, many of these women I had long-term relationships with. It wasn't, that, it wasn't that I disrespected them for us sleeping together early on. But it was that when my wife spoke to me about it in the way that she did, it called forth a level of respect. Like it called forth a greater level of respect because I had never experienced that before. And, and again, like when, when she had that conversation with me, what I heard is like, wow, you're fucking amazing. You know who you are. You know what you want. You know how far you're willing to go. You know what your boundaries are. And I, and I also want to say like, it's not like my wife made me wait some ungodly amount of time either, right? It's not like she was holding it over my head for months on end. But she did wait until we were exclusive. You know, at, at the time that we finally went there with each other, we had been talking every single day for weeks. We had had multiple sleepovers where we just snuggled and like didn't even do anything. Right. So it's not that she like held, held out and like made me wait for an incredible amount of time. But what she did was she made sure that the relationship progressed to a place where she felt safe and comfortable going there with me. And one, I wasn't pressuring her. I, I was actually like when she said she was ready, I was actually surprised. I thought it was going to be longer. And like, I wasn't pressuring her. I was actually like, I was totally on board with it. I was like, sure, like, that's great. I love that. I love that you want to do that. And so I understand there's a certain culture or a certain trend around sex happening very early on in a relationship, right? I understand that. And look, I, like I just said, I lived that, right? Like that was all my relationship experiences. But just because that's a trend, like I, I think what happens, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier, is what happens is our fear causes us to lower our value, right? Like you might not feel 100% comfortable going there with someone. But 
you're afraid, well, if I don't, someone else will, and then they're going to end up in a relationship with them versus me. And so I don't want to be the one holding out. And so I'm just going to do it, even though I'm not totally comfortable with it, right? Like these are the ways that our fear causes us to lower our value. And you look around and you go, well, you know, all everybody's sleeping together within the first few dates. So like, why am I going to be the one who's holding out? But what you're, what you're missing is like, yeah, everybody is sleeping together within the first few dates. And when you choose to be the one who doesn't, you, like what you don't see is you're missing the opportunity to stand out as the exception. Like you're missing the opportunity to stand out as that person who they go, whoa, hold, who are you? I want to get to know you better because I've been dating for the last 10 years and I've never once had someone say this to me before. So who are you? Because you're the kind of person I could see marrying. Right? Like you, you can't let what everyone else is doing scare you. It's actually, it's actually so powerful. And this goes for every area of life. I, I really think like it is actually so powerful to be the one who's doing it differently. Like everyone, like you see this on social media, everyone's just trying to be like everyone else, right? The people who do it different are the ones who stand out. So I want to I want to expand it too because it is not just about sex and I, I think that when we talk about waiting or we talk about pacing a relationship so often the conversation becomes about sex right oh how long are you going to wait to have sex and like even that is such a it's it's like such a misunderstanding of the situation because Sex isn't any different than any other aspect of the relationship. And you just apply the same rules to that that you apply to everything else, right? So it's like, this is so much bigger than making someone wait for sex. This is about how you present yourself as the relationship unfolds, right? It's so much, This it's about, it's not just sex. It is across the board. It's about holding yourself as I've said many times today, as a high value person and knowing that I am high value means I'm like, I don't, I don't get sold at the 99 cent store, right? Like that's where low value things are sold. That's where you can get something for next to nothing. And I'm not, I'm not saying that anybody's for sale, but what I'm saying is, is like my value requires a higher level of investment. And so like a lot of, I started to say this earlier, I just want to complete the thought. A lot of women hold exclusivity like, okay, I'm, I'm going to withhold sex and you're going to withhold exclusivity. And then as soon as you give me exclusivity, I'll give you sex, right? No, you want to hold both of them. You want to hold exclusivity and sex, <laughs> right? Like, it, like you want to hold all of it. And I'm not saying to withhold it, but I'm saying to have boundaries around it and to give it away at the appropriate time when it has been appropriately earned. Doing this creates respect. It, it, it's funny, I, I spoke about my mom earlier. I just wanna share, I just wanna share a little bit more because you know, I, I think so much of why I do this work is because of what I watched my mom go through. And it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. 
And it just happens over and over and over again. It's like, oh my God. But, you know, my mom, actually, it's a really good example because my mom is a religious extremist, actually. And my mom will not have sex before getting married. So my mom has never been one to give sex away easily. She requires marriage first. But she gives marriage away easily. And so what ends up happening is like, she's not sleeping with people quickly, but she's marrying them way faster than she should. Right? So it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not about withholding one thing over another. It's about holding all of it. Like, hold all of it. And only give it away when people earn it. It's like, You know, when, when I think about sex and marriage and like so many people think that you're supposed to wait until marriage to have sex, which I just, I think is personally really bad advice. But, but you know, when, when you think about that and it's like to give away marriage, I, I mean, like that is so much more valuable than sex. Like, like, it, like sex is the commitment to spend a night with someone. Marriage is the commitment to spend your life with someone. Like, that's on a whole other level than sex. Like, even, and we're talking about marriage, but like, let's just bring it down to commitment. Even commitment, right? Like, I'm committing to be with you. Like, that is not something to be given away easily. Like, what is commitment? Like, I'm committing to answering your calls, responding to your text messages, seeing you on a regular basis, carving out time in my week to be with you, like being empathetic to your problems, trying to help you with things you're going through in your life. I mean, like those are all the things that are involved in commitment. Like that is a lot to give to someone. Your commitment is a lot to give to someone. And to give that away easily is such a disrespect to yourself. It's such a dishonoring of yourself to allow your commitment to be given away easily. So I just, I, I really want to presence today that like you are such a gift. Doesn't matter who you are, man, woman, it doesn't matter. Like, you are such a gift. And to let someone have any kind of relationship with you without acknowledging that gift and working to earn that gift is a tragedy. Like, it is just a straight-up tragedy. It should never happen. And so what I want to what I want to just really presence for everyone is to recognize that with, within yourself to honor that to hold that within yourself to hold yourself like the most sacred treasure and to only give yourself away 
in the amounts and the degrees in which someone has actually earned that relationship with you. That, this one simple practice that I'm talking about today will completely reorient all of your relationships. When you start, when you start living on this basis, all of your relationships will reorganize themselves to meet you on this basis versus you constantly having to reorganize yourself to get love from people. And that's why this is so powerful. Okay, so I want to open up for some questions. I'm going to scroll back through here. If you have questions, drop them in the chat. I'll take as many as I can today. Actually, yeah, there is a comment here I want to speak into as well. So let me, let me actually start with this comment. Um, I mentioned it at the beginning, but I, I just want to dive into it a little bit because I, I think there's a, a really rich conversation to be had here. So I'm going to start. Uh, this comment is from Sandra Silva. I, I mentioned it at, at the beginning of uh, the podcast today, but I just want to circle back to it because I think there's some really valuable stuff to dig into here. And so Sandra Silva says, um, it's hard for a people pleaser to be the high value person. And what I want to say about that is it's hard for everyone to be the high value person. Right. And so, Sandra, your thing might be people pleasing and someone else's thing might be, you know, chasing and someone else's thing might be uh, like you know, we all have our things. Right. Someone else's thing might be avoiding. Someone else's thing might be game playing. But we all have our things. And so if people pleasing is your thing or whatever is your thing, your thing is going to be a consistent interruption in showing up as a high value partner, right? Like whatever your thing is, whatever your little toxic pattern is, and we all have them, right? Whatever your toxic pattern is, that is gonna be the thing that gets in the way of you showing up as a high value partner. And that's where your work is, right? I mean, if it was easy, we wouldn't even be here having this conversation. We would just all be out there doing it, right? So. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it requires some work. Yes, it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. We would all be happily married and healthy relationships and I wouldn't have a job, right? So, so it's not easy and that's why I have a job. That's why I do this. If people pleasing is your thing or whatever your thing is, recognize that that is a trauma response, right? So we'll just take people pleasing because that was the example. But so... A trauma response is, is some way, it, a trauma response, if I was going to define it, is an inauthentic behavior pattern or way of representing yourself that you have adapted to out of fear, right? So I'll say that again. A trauma response is an inauthentic pattern of behavior or way of presenting yourself that you have adapted to out of fear, meaning that you got so scared that you started behaving in a different way to try to protect yourself, basically, right? That's what a trauma response is. Now, if we take people-pleasing, and this is like very textbook stuff, right? If we take people-pleasing as a trauma response, people-pleasing comes from an environment where uh, there could be different causes for it, but let's just say like maybe my parents would completely ignore me if I wasn't exactly how they wanted me to be all the time. Right? Like maybe my parents would give me the silent treatment if I wasn't exactly who they wanted me to be all the time. And so 
from basically the time I was really, really little, I learned that I had to be everything everybody wanted me to be. Otherwise, I was going to be neglected and ignored. And now, like that got hardwired into my nervous system as a child, as a baby. And so now here I am, an adult, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and I still people please. Why? Because it like it, it got wired into my programming, right? Like this is how I know how to relate with people. And look, it, like, let's just talk about the reality of it. If you've been doing it for 20 years, it's going to be way easier to correct than if you've been doing it for 40 years, right? The longer you've been in the habit, the harder it's going to be. But the practice is really simple. And so I just, I just want to walk everyone through a simple practice right now. The first thing is awareness, okay? And like, let, let's make it really simple, right? People pleasing bad, boundaries and respect good. People pleasing bad, boundaries and respect good. Like that, that is the first level of awareness. Like that's the first step, right? If you know you're a people pleaser or you know you're highly avoidant or you know you like to play games and manipulate whatever your thing is, you've got to first recognize that thing bad, boundaries, respect, honest, vulnerable communication, good, right? Like whatever it is, right? So the one side is bad, the other side is good. You've got to first just recognize, okay, like this does not work. This is not how I want to be. This is not what I want to do. You've got to first just ground that for yourself. Then the next thing you'll do is start to slow down, right? Like, like you've really got to start to be introspective. You've, you've really got to start to pay attention to what's happening inside of you. Like most of us are just so desperate to get the things we want outside of us that we don't pay attention to what is happening inside of us, right? So we, we automatically get triggered into a cycle of people pleasing and we just start desperately people pleasing to try to get what we want from people. And we're not like, it's already happening by the time we realize it, right? So you've got to slow down. Like deep breaths, like, like reflect, like pause. Like you've got to start to make a practice of pausing, of slowing down, of taking deep breaths, of thinking before you respond. Think before you send that text message, right? Like start to identify what anxiety feels like in your body and just make a commitment that I will not act out of anxiety anymore, right? Like when I feel anxiety in my body, instead of acting from it, I'm going to first regulate before I do anything. These are the kinds of practices you have to develop to interrupt that pattern, right? When you interrupt that pattern, that's when more is going to become available for you. So, so you've got to develop the practices that create enough space to allow you to stop that pattern before you just get caught up in it. And, and I just want to say, by the way, I haven't mentioned this today, but I'll, I'll mention it now, is that like, if you know you need help with this, like, listen, if you're hitting a wall, like, just get help, right? Like, because it, it's it's not going to get better by you just doing the same things over and over again. So, like, if, if you struggle with the kinds of things we're talking about and you know you need help, if you struggle to create boundaries, if you struggle showing up as a high-value partner, right? Like, we have the Inspired Love Program, and it is literally a step-by-step -step guide where I'm just going to take you by the hand and walk you through all of this and show you how to do it. And you're in for life. So, like... I'm not going anywhere, right? Like we can work on it as long as we need to. So I just want to say that like, as we're talking about this, yes, I'm giving you a few tips on how to work with it. But for a lot of you who are really stuck with this, you're going to need more than a few tips. And so I, I just want to say like, join us in Inspired Love. 
We have a membership option that works for every budget. Like just, just book your call. Let's get started and let's see how we can help you work through this out, right? Or, or work this out because it, it's going to go so much faster by just getting started than it is you just banging your head against the wall for another year, another five years, right? So anyway, if you want to get started, I'm going to leave the link below the podcast or if you're with me on Instagram, just send me a DM. We can talk about it. But yeah, like just book your call. We'll go over all the options with you. But like really, if, if you need the support, it's better to get it than to just keep trying it. And then five years from now, you're in the same place and then you get the support, but you've lost five years of your life. Like that makes no sense at all. It's just better to get the support now. But anyway, that being said, you've got to create enough space to be able to interrupt the pattern. And then the, the next part of it is really getting the courage to try a different approach. Right? So first, you've got to slow down. You've got to create some space. Second, you've got to stop the pattern. Third, you've got to get the confidence to start trying a new approach. And you've got to practice this until it becomes second nature. And like, honestly, if you don't have a coach and a community around you to help you do this, it's going to be really hard because you have nothing keeping you on track. You just fall back into your old patterns. Like that's really why the Inspired Love program works. I mean, there are a lot of reasons it works, but one of the reasons it works is because you're not doing it on your own, right? You have a coach and a community that is keeping you on track. So when you start falling back into your old patterns, everyone goes, hey, wake up, right? Like you're, you're doing it again. You go, oh shit, I'm doing it. And then you snap out of it, right? So like that's, I think we need that. Like I have definitely needed that in my life. Um, so anyway, I uh, going back to the comment that I was talking about is yes, if you have people-pleasing tendencies, it will be tough to implement what I'm talking about. Whatever your toxic pattern is, whatever your little game that you do is, that is going to make it challenging to do what I'm talking about today. But you've got to recognize that is your work. That is what you need to work through. It's not like I'm a people pleaser, so I just can't do it. No, you're a people pleaser. Okay, awesome. Welcome to the people pleasing club. There's a whole group of people pleasers that are figuring out how to heal that so they don't keep doing it. Join the club instead of just talking about how you can't do it because you're a people pleaser. That gets you nowhere. That makes your life not better in any way, right? All right. So thank you for the comment. And I just wanted to jump into that because I, I think it's it's so important that yes, you have your thing. And yes, we all have our thing, but you can't let your thing be a limitation to doing and being the person you need to be. Okay. I'm going to take this question from Jack Ramos. How do you repace an existing relationship? Can you backpedal? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I started this by saying that you don't get a second chance at a first impression, right? So to a large degree, not really. All you can do is start now. I mean, if let's say, for example, if you're actively sleeping with someone, Right? You've been actively sleeping with someone and then you look back and you go, man, I feel like we slept together a little too soon. Maybe I shouldn't have gone for it that fast. Well, to stop sleeping with them now, like it's not really going to help the relationship. I, I mean, like what's done is done, right? If, if you stop sleeping with them now, they're going to be like, are you losing interest? Are you not into me? Right? So like, 
you can't really redo that, right? What's done is done in a certain sense. What you can do is with whatever benchmarks you haven't hit yet. So let's say maybe you've been, maybe you're in a kind of situationship and you've been, um, you've been sleeping together and there's like a kind of a relationship going on and you've been like kind of hoping this person is going to commit to you, right? Well, what I would say is if you're in that kind of situation, the thing to do would be to call it off, right? Like that would be the way to repace the relationship is like, is to say, listen, I've been doing a lot of thinking and I've gotten clear about some things. Like the truth is I don't want a situationship. I want a real committed relationship. Like I want a partner. I want someone who's going to be with me long-term. And I, I realize that I have allowed this relationship to get on a track that is not what I want. I have allowed you to see me in a way that is not necessarily how I want you to see me. And I'm realizing that I did that now. And so I just need to be honest with you about it. Like I, I don't want a casual relationship. And what I would like for us to do is, is to stop seeing each other unless we can get on the same page, right? Unless we actually do want the same things. Right. So, and that is a way I wouldn't say it's repacing the relationship, but it's a way to get your respect back. Right. It's a, it's a way to, it's a way to reclaim your own respect. Now, honestly, like that will probably be the end of that relationship. If you do that, if you have already allowed something to be established as something casual, and then you try to turn it around, I mean, it's possible if the two of you have like a really genuine connection and there actually is a lot of love between you and you just never talked about commitment, then it could happen. But generally, if there's a casual situation, when you try to make it more than that, the person is not really gonna go for it because they are in it because they wanted a casual situation, right? So that doesn't really work. Um, but I would say, again, like the best thing you can do is to reclaim your respect, get honest and authentic about what is true for you right now, and then let the chips fall where they may in that relationship. If that person wants to explore the relationship on, on a new basis, great, you can do it. If that person doesn't want to explore the relationship on a new basis, then you can't do it, right? And But the most important thing is that you own your truth and your authenticity, and then you let that relationship become a reflection of that. If the relationship is not able to reflect your authenticity, it won't. If it is, it will. But the most important thing is that you chose yourself, you chose your respect, and you established this on the proper basis. All right, so I think I'm going to close out with that today. Um, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for being with me. Thank you for your questions, and thank you for uh, participating today. It's, it's always a pleasure to be here with you and be able to connect with everyone. So sending you so much love. Um, I know we're talking about some tough stuff, and, and I know that the journey is challenging, but I also know that love is available for those of us who really do the work to cultivate a strong sense of love inside of ourselves and then bring that out into the world. So I wish that for all of you. I wish you a wonderful week and I'll see you back here next Tuesday. Lots of love, everybody. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. 
please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.